Attacking power plants. It's the latest thing. Uh, flushing the toilet. <laughs> Not what you think, but trust me, it's fascinating and it's disgusting. And you can own a piece of Twitter. Seriously own a piece of Twitter memorabilia. Real stuff. We'll talk about that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. We made it through um, halfway anyway and uh, headed into the weekend. Man, Christmas is so close. I cannot believe it's just a couple weeks, less than two weeks away for Christmas. My goodness. Unbelievable. Uh, the time is flying. The week after that, it'll be New Year and then 2023. My goodness. Mohammed Aslan has liked the stream. Thank you, uh, Mohammed. Appreciate that. All right. Be sure you subscribe or follow or wherever you're watching there. Um, cool beans. And speaking of which, um, still send me your suggestions for the book you want me to do next after Bambi. We're going to finish Bambi tonight, by the way. It's the final chapter in Bambi. Uh, chapter 25, and this is the end of the Bambi story. However, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and because Christmas is coming so quickly, uh, we're going to reread my favorite Christmas story. It's from Truman Capote. It's called A Christmas Memory, and we'll break that up into three or four shows and uh, spread it out. It's it's a long, it's a long short story, <laughs> but it is uh, an amazing story. I love reading it. I love reading it to you, and I hope you uh, will like it as well. It's uh, it's great. Uh, Truman Capote's Christmas Story will be doing that starting Saturday night, our next stream, and we'll work that out so that it ends on Christmas Eve. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's time to bring you up to date on our favorite little Shiba Inu furry friend. It would be Miko. Miko Update. Miki, Miki, Miko, update. She's doing good. She's doing great, actually. Uh, she was just absolutely beside herself, going crazy here. Uh, is this going to work? Oh, it isn't, is it? Okay, you got to hang on. Give me one second while we do a little, a little housekeeping here. And boom, just like that, there she is. This, again, we've been going into the Wayback Machine. This is from, uh, what, a year ago. A year ago this week, we were at the beach. She loves the beach. Now, sadly, uh, this beach, that's me and Miko and a whole bunch of other Shiba Inus <laughs> having a great time. Uh, there's a restaurant which leads into this beach. Well, the, the restaurant used to be really totally cool with dogs, and they had no problem. They would let you park in their lots, a huge giant parking lot. You're never going to fill it up. And then you'd walk through, and you'd go down to the beach. Well, suddenly they got a stick up their ass, and now they don't allow you to park in the parking lot or go through their big, wide, open driveway to get down to the beach. So... Yeah, I would. I just got it. We got to get her back there soon because she absolutely loved the water and the ocean. It was low tide, as you can see here, and uh, all the the well, the Shiba Inu owners in Malaysia. Not all of them, but there was a good crowd there, and they were having fun. We've got this long leash. It's like thirty meters. It's huge, and she can go way out away from us, and yet she's still on. There she is, right there. She's still on a. She's still on the leash, 
And so because there's no way ever this dog would go off leash. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's other pictures. Let me do, let me see what else we got. Uh, yeah, there she is. There she is in the water. <laughs> And she is loving it. She's not afraid. She jumps right in. She's splashing around and had a great time. We have not been back since that time a year ago. But, uh, yeah, she had a great, great time. And we really do have to get her back there soon because she loves the ocean. All right. Our Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. Our special link is BarkBox.com slash Miko. You know what? My headphones, suddenly I've got this horrible lag, so i got to squelch them down a little bit. Okay. A BarkBox is a monthly subscription service for your dog, and you will every month get a themed box full of cool things, toys, treats, dog chew. They're sized for your dog. You can specify in the little checkbox, small, medium, or large. Also, if your dog has any allergies, They'll make sure you don't get it. You just chick, chicken, fish, beef, whatever it is you have an allergy to, and they'll make sure you don't get that. What you will get is an amazing assortment of themed toys, a couple of toys every month, a couple of bags of treats, and a dog chew. <clears throat> Excuse me. This special offer we have is very cool because it's a monthly subscription. You can sign up just once if you want, get one bark box. But trust me, once you get one, You'll be back signing up for more. You can sign up for a six-month subscription, and if you use our special link, you will get an extra month free. Same thing goes if you sign up for a 12-month subscription. You'll get a 13th month free. BarkBox.com slash Miko. Their customer service at this site is incredible. If there's ever anything you're not satisfied with, they will make sure it's right. And they will do right by you. They're a great company. I don't just bring anybody in here as a sponsor. And uh, I have checked them out. They are remarkable. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. And I uh, hope you will check them out, sign up. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. All right. We got lots going on tonight. And we're going to start right off with the wacky stuff. You know, you remember the story, uh, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago, where all these cows, hundreds of heads of cattle, just suddenly died. And no one could explain how or why. They blamed it on the heat. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Nobody's buying that crap. Well, then it was some other sort of processing plants, meat processing plants, something like that, food processing plants. Suddenly a whole bunch of them were catching fire. Planes were crashing into them. It's not just one or two. This was happening 8, 9, 10, 12, 20 times. Well, the latest, this is a weird one. The link is in our show notes. It's from zerohedge.com. Who is purposely sabotaging power plants across America? You know, with this current idiotic administration's fight against fossil fuels and the ridiculous stupidity of green energy, which we totally don't have the resources for, or the infrastructure, or anything else, 
And now someone's been attacking power plants all over the country. Federal authorities are trying to determine who it is. In recent days, we've seen significant sabotage on both the East Coast and the West Coast, which means it can't just be one person doing it. They'd have to be sabotaging something on the East Coast, getting on a plane, flying across the country, and doing that on the West Coast. Just doesn't make any sense. During the first eight months of this year, there were a total of 106 attacks on the electrical grid in the U.S. That represents 106. That represents the highest number ever recorded in a single year. Authorities hopefully will be able to get to the bottom of the mystery because winter will soon officially be beginning. And if your power goes out in your neck of the woods for an extended period of time, what are you going to do? Hope you are prepared. This is a nightmare. Federal authorities investigating a number of recent reported acts of sabotage on utility companies, according to a senior law enforcement official. The move comes in the wake of substations being riddled with bullets in North Carolina, leaving tens of thousands without power for days. After the incident, the utility companies reached out to federal authorities in recent days to investigate Uh, The one in North Carolina was particularly alarming. 7 p.m. Saturday night, gunfire erupted at two electrical substations in Moore County, North Carolina, and they are calling it an intentional and coordinated attack. Man. Duke Energy restored power to all its North Carolina customers Wednesday evening, four days after 45,000 customers were left in the dark after what officials said was an intentional and coordinated attack on two substations in Moore County, North Carolina. They've since put up some protective measures to prevent future attacks. These days, authorities seem to have a rule for this kind of thing. When in doubt, blame the right-wing people. Apparently, a drag show was going on at the same time the attacks on the substation happened. No, not at the substation. Uh, So investigators are now focusing on that angle. Um, Why? You idiots. An LGBT nonprofit in North Carolina set up a drag show at the Sunrise Theater Saturday night about the same time when the electric facilities were targeted with gunfire. Um, They declared a state of emergency, 32,000 southeastern residents without power, Investigators now determining if the backlash the 18 or older show received leading up to the performance led to the targeted attack. Now, that theory may or may not turn out to be accurate, but what about all the other attacks that have been taking place all over the nation? 106 of them this year. Portland, metro area. Unbelievable. The story just goes on and on. Pacific Northwest substations attacked using hand tools, arson, firearms, and metal chains. Read the rest of the story. It's it's incredible. In recent years, left-wing extremists have been known to sabotage and attack far more buildings in the U.S. than anyone else. To be honest, it could just as easily be a foreign terror group. Intelligence agents from a hostile country at this point We just really don't know. The authorities don't know. They are investigating 
It's scary stuff. Hey, Dawn, welcome back to the show. Nice to see you in. Thanks for the like. Anyway, this story is frightening. 106 attacks or vandalisms on power and power substations across the U.S. just this, from January through August. Just through August. It's already been a few months since then. Unbelievably scary stuff. Wow. (laughs) Very scart. (laughs) Yeah, I know, typo. I do it all the time. Very scary. Scary doesn't begin to do uh, It's unbelievable. We need to find some, you know what, That's that kind of links to our next story here, which is amazing. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, people have gotten away from, stupidly in my opinion, but that is nuclear energy. Uh, nuclear power plants, I mean, yes, the first word that comes to mind is Fukushima, and the nightmare that is still to this day is Fukushima. But um, one of the things that does not yet exist, which would be an almost Tesla-like answer to the power of electricity and power in this country and around the world, is nuclear fish fusion. Well... There's some rather interesting news. It's very early, but it's a start, and you got to start somewhere. Major scientific breakthrough in fusion energy. This is from uh, theblaze.com. The link's in our show notes if you want to read the whole article. The Department of Energy... Yes, I know, and I I don't want to donate right now, so go away. The Department of Energy is set to reveal their findings in a report. But fusion energy... I heard uh, Dr. Michio Kaku talking about fusion energy. And he said, when you have a, a nuclear reactor, right, you know, the kind of nuclear power plants we have nowadays, if something goes wrong, that uranium and all the stuff that, I don't know how nuclear power plants work, but you know that they're dangerous. You know what happens like Fukushima, uh, Chernobyl, uh, they will be going on for centuries. The cleanup, the mess, a no-go zone. Fukushima still hasn't, we haven't, I don't think we've seen the worst of Fukushima. The difference with nuclear fission is that the way the system works, the minute something goes wrong, the whole system just shuts down and it's done. It's inert. You have a nuclear fusion power plant and if one of the little systems in there gets out of sync or goes off, the whole thing shuts down just like that safely, and there's no issues. The other thing is is that you could basically run your whole house for a year on, on a cup of hydrogen. One cup of hydrogen would run your whole house all the power you need for a whole year. United States Department of Energy scheduled to announce a major scientific breakthrough Tuesday, according to the Financial Times. I have not seen an update on this story. It should have happened yesterday, but like I said, I looked for some headlines. I didn't see anything. Um, Three people familiar with the preliminary findings of the research told the Financial Times that for the first time ever, scientists were successfully able to produce a fusion reaction reaction 
that generated a net energy gain. This has never happened before. Yeah, no fallout, nothing. No, with Newton, that's the type of nuclear reactors we have nowadays are highly dangerous. For the most part, they're controlled, they're safe, but accidents happen. Like I said, Chernobyl, Fukushima, these things go bad. Three Mile Island a long time ago. If you're old enough to remember that, you're older than dirt. But with nuclear fission, it is completely safe. And like I said, the minute something happens, the whole system shuts down. Everything is is perfectly safe. They've never been able to produce more energy from a fusion reaction than it burns, which obviously wouldn't work to create power. Even with this breakthrough, though, scientists believe the commercial use of fusion power is maybe still decades away. Well, you need to get your asses in gear because we need an answer soon, and we need something more than windmills and solar panels, which just ain't cutting it. The Department of Energy announced uh, they're scheduled to reveal the experiment's results at a Tuesday media event. Now, this is Wednesday. That should have happened yesterday. Again, I'm going to dig around and see if I can find what I can find. But uh, lab officials are finalizing their findings. Maybe that's why they still hadn't finalized everything. They declined to provide any further comment. But uh, if confirmed, this development would mark a significant milestone in the pursuit of clean energy. Since the 50s, scientists have attempted to replicate and harness the same fusion power. Basically, it's what powers the sun. The development, both privately and publicly funded, was made by the National Ignition Facility at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. If we could move forward as quickly as possible and make nuclear fusion energy possible, I'm telling you, the world would be a different place. It would be a different place. This article has some more details in there, so you can check it out. It is in our show notes tonight. Um, we're not we're not done, but I got a piece of good news. We always end with good news, but we'll stick a piece of good news in here anyway. This is a local story from Malaysia, but doesn't matter. Still applies wherever you may be. We've done stories in the past. I have been complaining and complaining about these people who refuse to pull over for ambulances, fire trucks, police cars. It happens all the time, sadly, in this country. It's ridiculous. Um, we have what are called outriders. I don't know if you call them that in the U.S. They're basically police motorcycle escorts, and they will ride on ahead with VIPs, ministers, the prime minister, the king, sultans, whoever, and just basically clear the traffic so that the VIP can get through traffic quickly. Yeah, the rest of us sitting in traffic, us know-nothings, just sit there and give them a family-friendly middle finger. Um, thanks, Dan. Okay, anyway, there have been videos, countless dash cams, showing ambulances, fire trucks that are stopped and delayed on the way to an emergency. Lights and siren going, code three, and they have to stop for these morons so they can get to whatever their, their high T on time. Well, check this out. We have a new prime minister in this country, 
And Prime Minister Anwar Abraham has been praised by Malaysians, myself included, for lending his police escorts to clear a path for an ambulance. Yes. There's a video out there. I'm not going to bother to play it. But we've seen a lot of cases where these VIPs misuse their power to escape traffic jams. This is probably the first time we've seen a politician lend his police escorts to an ambulance. The dash cam footage uploaded on TikTok by Benke Mendez, going viral more than 160,000 views, 9,000 likes. There's a screenshot from it. Uh, In the video, we can see the road is very congested and cars are moving slowly. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning, December 9th, and that is a horrible time. The roads in KL are just a parking lot. Anyway, somewhere near Kajang, which is one of the smaller towns around uh, around Kuala Lumpur, our capital city, and suddenly you hear the sound of an ambulance siren. The ambulance was escorted by military police officers and following behind more police vehicles. As ambulances don't typically have police escorts, a lot of people were like, what the hell is that? Soon after the mystery was solved... Our Prime Minister, Dr. Sreed Anwar Abraham's car, was behind the ambulance. It seemed the PM lent the ambulance some of his police escort so it wouldn't get stuck in traffic. And many netizens have made active uh, comparisons to the time when ambulances needed to make way for a VVIP convoy. If I'm not wrong, back then some minister stopped an ambulance just because they wanted to go first. One netizen says, it is rare to see Malaysian leaders do this, more so a prime minister. I mean, he's the chief guy, other than the king. He is getting better day by day. That is absolutely such a fantastic story. And uh, Mr. Prime Minister, our hat is off to you for your amazing act of kindness. That is just absolutely brilliant. I I love, love to get uh, and read stories like this. Because... It happens all the time. We bring it, we, we talk about it, we complain about it. And uh, what a treat to be able to show you the reverse of that. All right, we're going to go into the toilet now. Are you ready? I know. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. When you flush the toilet after you're done doing your business, do you close the lid first? You better. I'm not kidding. This is gross. I hope wherever you are on the planet, it's not dinner time or or lunch time or breakfast. A study has found that flushing the toilet without closing the lid can spew particles from inside the toilet in the water and your mess as high as one and a half meters up from the toilet. Not kidding. Take a look at this. What they did was they took laser lights, shone them in through so they could actually see these microscopic particles. And look at this picture. From the beginning of the flush, uh, 2.8 seconds, 4.4 seconds, and 6.4. Look at that. Look at 
All of this came out of your dirty toilet water when you flush without closing the lid first. This is from World of Buzz. It's so gross. Never, I, you know, I, I heard something about this a while ago, and I forever have always closed the lid first and then flushed. Thank God I have been. Going to the toilet, something we all pretty much do in autopilot. Recently, we found out that you should not use hand dryers in public places because they are unbelievably germ, filthy, disgusting. Well, another scientific study has revealed that flushing the toilet without closing the lid is freaking gross. Engineers from the University of Colorado Boulder recently conducted a study on flushing the North American public toilet bowls. They knew whenever an individual flushes the toilet, particles will come up. However, they didn't know how to visualize it. There's a picture of them taking the laser so they could actually capture on, on tape, on video, uh, the particles coming out. Because they're very small. You can't actually see them, but they're there. Don says, can go, uh, yes, true, can go on your toothbrush, depending upon how far away it is. In fact, in my bathroom, I've got the toilet. Next to that is the sink. And on the far side of the sink are the uh, the toothbrushes. It would not be unusual, I would say, if it's a meter and a half up from the toilet and then it spreads out into the air absolutely could wind up on your toothbrush. They found a solution using lasers and cameras to capture the movement of droplets when flushing. The toilet flush, flush produces a strong chaotic jet with velocities exceeding 2 meters per second. And that jet transports aerosols to heights that can reach 1.5 meters within 8 seconds of initiating a flush. So don't flush and then slam the lid down. Shut the lid and flush. It's easy to pretend it doesn't exist because you can't see these particles flying out of your toilet. But they're there. Unbelievable. There's a link in this article. The link to the article is in our show notes. Inside this is a link to the, uh, to the actual video. Like I said, I, I'm not, not going to... I'm not going to disturb you with this, but uh, there's another article I found. It's it's not in our show notes, but it's great. You can look it up. It's from BigThink.com. Uh, disturbing images reveal bacteria flying out of the toilet when you flush. Eh, not kidding. A survey. This is from the U. This this story here is from the UK. Fifty-five percent of the people that responded don't put the lid down first. Lee. Take a look at that. I don't know how they shot that one. That looks like it might be an artist's rendition. But this is from Big Think. You can look it up. It's under their health category. It's just really gross. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Hey, would you like to own a piece of Twitter? I know there are some people out there who don't believe in free speech and a level playing field. So uh, they're not so happy about what's going on with Elon and Twitter actually letting everybody have a voice these days, which is quite refreshing. The wackos are still there, but now we conservatives are having our chance to have our say without being shadow banned or banned completely off the, off the channel. Anyway, 
On another subject, you can own a piece of Twitter. Check this out. It's from Breitbart.com. Links in our show notes. Own a piece of leftist history. (laughs) Elon Musk's Twitter is auctioning off items from their headquarters. Dozens of items, including fancy espresso machines, memorabilia, supplies from its San Francisco headquarters, following a mass layoff of their notoriously leftist staff, Musk apparently believes it's time to clean house in yet another way. Twitter's auctioning off dozens of items, including a huge Twitter bird statue, a planter shaped like the at symbol. That might be kind of cool. Among the other items for sale, a projector, IMAX screens, standing desks, espresso machines, and an electric bike charging station. The company facilitating the sale, Heritage Global Partners, announced the online auction. Oh, it's online, so you can bid. Uh, It'll open up on January 17th and closes the next day. Yeah, they're just more pissed. (laughs) The opening bids from items range between 25 and 50 bucks. Not so bad. Wow. The company's unique artwork would be interesting to own. Uh, For conservatives blacklisted by the company, artwork may serve as a war trophy. There's the statue, the little... uh, the little Twitter bird. It's very cool. I don't know how much of his $44 billion is going to make back auctioning off some of these things, but uh, there you go. If you want to own a piece of Twitter memorabilia, check it out. Like I said, you can check out the link in our show notes. Uh, there, It's Heritage Global Partners. I have, There's no link there, but you could just do a search and Check it out. January 17th. So you got a little over a month to start saving up your pennies. And then you can bid. I had to bid anyway. Why not? You never know. I wonder how much stuff. It doesn't say in here how much stuff is actually going up for auction. But that San Francisco headquarters was pretty big. <clears throat> so I would assume they got a lot of junk. By the way, I saw on Twitter... Not from any official source, but I saw on Twitter that Elon announced he was moving the headquarters from San Francisco, possibly to Texas. I think that would be cool as hell, but I have no confirmation about it. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Elon's Twitter feed doesn't say anything about it. So, all right, one last thing, and then we're going to get on to the finale of Bambi tonight. It's not really a piece of good news. It's a piece of holy crap news. It's from Malaysia, but wherever you may be on the planet, you will find this amazing. Um, Right now in Malaysia, we're in the rainy season. It's monsoon season. Every single day we get torrential rain. Flooding happens because these idiots keep clear-cutting the forests and have absolutely no idea how to log without just stripping the land of everything. And then they get surprised why we get flooding. Mm, Dumbass. Anyway, in addition to the flooding, comes the critters. Take a look at this. I keep discovering the fact that we have animals in this country who want to kill and eat you. Uh, It'd be best to be even more aware of your surroundings, Malaysia. You never know when a 
crocodile could pop up. Yeah, you see that? Hang on, let me get my mouse back. See that right there? That's a roadway that's not big flooding, but is got it's covered in water. And this is a huge, huge crocodile spotted on a main road in Kwantan, which is a medium-sized city on the east coast of Peninsular Malaysia. Take a look at this footage. Look at the size of this croc. They've got it lit up here for the camera. And it's just, there's sound for this, but it's in Bahasa, Malaysia. So I, it's just, the guys are going nuts. Like, holy crap, holy crap. Look at the size of this croc. This thing is huge. And this was on a main road in Kwantan. I think I'm going to cross Kwantan off of my holiday uh, travel plans. <laughs> Man, that is some scary stuff, my friends. Wow. All right. <laughs> Let's uh, hang on. Where are we here? Oh, okay. We got to close that. There we go. We got to turn that over to here. I'm doing some housekeeping, so bear with me. All right, and then we're going to go over here and we're going to pop up this one. Here we go. What happened to my YouTube feed? Are we still live? Hang on, I just got to check this. Technical. Yeah, we're still live. Okay. <laughs> Man, what a nightmare. All right, here we go. We got the book title up? Yes, we do. Bambi is the book we've been reading. Um, if you missed it in the beginning of the show, I let you know that uh, this is the last chapter, chapter 25. Tonight, we're going to close out Bambi. And we're going to be rereading Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. That will take us right up to Christmas Eve. And then after that, we will start another full book. And so if you'd like to send us your suggestions, you still have time. We've gotten a couple, uh, some pretty good ones, actually. And... Uh, and uh, you can either email me, show at jsheldon.com, S-H-O-W at jsheldon.com, or send me a PM on any on my Twitter, on my Facebook, or Rumble, or wherever. You can put it in the comments if you want down below on YouTube or Rumble or Facebook. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can check them out on gutenberg.com, uh, gutenberg.org, sorry. It's the Gutenberg Project. That's where all, where all of our books come from. They're free, free for you to download and read. And there's such a variety there. It's incredible. So go over to gutenberg.org and check out all the books. If you find one you think it'd be fun to listen to me read, send along your suggestion. And uh, a couple of our books have come from suggestions from you good folks out there all right having said that it's time to head into the final chapter of bambi written by felix sultan there came a break in the cold and a pause in the middle of winter the earth drank in the melting snow in great drafts and so the broad stretches of naked earth could be seen everywhere the blackbirds were not singing yet, but when they flew up from the ground, where they'd been hunting for worms, or when they flapped from tree to tree, they let out a long, shrill, cheerful cry, which was almost like a bird song. The woodpecker began to laugh here and there. Magpies and crows became a little more chatty. The tits talked gaily with each other, and the pheasants, when they'd swung down from the trees where they'd been sleeping, 
now remained in one spot for almost as long as they would in the good times. They'd shake their plumage in the morning sunshine and continuously burst out with their metallic cry. On mornings like this, Bambi would range out further afield than he normally would. When the sun had barely risen, he arrived at his chamber under the beech tree. Over on the other side, there where he used to live, there was something moving. Bambi remained hidden in the undergrowth and watched. He was right. Someone of his own species was moving about there, seeking out the patches that were free of snow and setting about the early risen grasses. At first, Bambi wanted to turn around and go away, but then he saw that it was Faline. His first urge was to jump forward and call to her, but he stayed where he was as if rooted to the spot. It was so long since he'd last seen Faline, his heart began to beat hotly. Faline was walking slowly as if she were tired or sad. She looked like her mother now, looked like Auntie Ina. And when Bambi noticed this, it was with painful astonishment. Faline raised her head and looked in his direction, as if she could feel that he was near. Again, Bambi felt the urge to go toward her, but again, he stayed where he was, powerless and lame. He was unable to move. He saw that Faline had become old and gray. Gay and audacious little Faline, he thought. She used to be so beautiful, so nimble. His entire childhood suddenly shimmered up in him. The meadow, the paths his mother led him along, the happy games with Gobo and Faline, the good grasshopper and the butterfly, the struggle with Karis and Rano by which he'd won Faline for himself. He suddenly felt happy again, but nonetheless shaken. Over there, Faline was walking away with her head sunk down to the ground, slow, tired, and sad. And at that moment... Bambi loved her with a gush of tender pity. He wanted to cross through the hole under the beech tree, for which so long had separated him from her and from the others. Wanted to fetch her back, to talk to her about the time when they'd been children. Above all, to talk about the past. As he thought this, he watched her as she went on through the bare bushes and finally disappeared from sight. He stood there for a long time, looking in her direction. A clap of thunder crashed. Bambi was startled. That was here, on this side of the hole. Not very close, but here, on the side where he was. Another crash of thunder came, and then another. Bambi made a few steps back into the thicket, where he kept still and listened. Everything was quiet, and he crept carefully home. The elder was already there, but had not gone down into their chamber. He just stood next to the fallen beech trunk as if he'd been waiting. Where have you been all this time? he asked, and he was so serious that Bambi remained silent. Did you hear that just now? the elder went on after a pause. Yes, Bambi answered three times. He's in the forest. Clearly, the elder nodded. 
and he repeated with a strange inflection, He is in the forest. We need to go. Where? Bambi couldn't stop himself from asking. Over there, said the elder, his voice was heavy. Over there where he is now. Bambi was alarmed. Don't be afraid, the elder went on. Come with me now, and don't be afraid. I'm glad I've got the chance to take you there and let you see it. He hesitated and gently added, Before I go. Bambi was taken aback at this and stared at the elder. He suddenly became aware of how frail he looked. His head was now entirely white. His face had become very gaunt. His beautiful eyes had lost their sparkle. They'd taken on a dull green appearance and seemed somehow broken. Bambi and the elder didn't go far. They could feel the first winds of a heavy storm blowing at them a storm that was capable of putting so much threat and dread into their hearts. Bambi stopped, but the elder carried on walking, directly towards the storm. Bambi hesitantly followed behind him. The scent of the storm came in at them even stronger in waves and drew them forward. The elder went straight on. Thoughts of flight had sprung into Bambi. He could feel tension in his breast, which boiled through his head, and all his limbs. They nearly tore him from the place. He stayed strong and continued to walk behind the elder. Now this malevolent storm had swollen up into something so mighty that there was nothing else it was possible to feel, and so it was now barely possible to breathe. There, said the elder, and he stepped to one side. Two steps away from them, he lay there on the ground on bent and broken bushes and in churned-up snow. Bambi half-suppressed a scream of horror, and with a sudden jump he fled, as he'd already been wishing to do. He was nearly out of his senses in terror. Stop! he heard the elder call. He looked back and saw the elder was calmly standing there, where he was lying on the ground. Beside himself in astonishment, Bambi stepped closer, compelled by his obedience, by his boundless curiosity and his quaking anticipation. Come closer. Don't be afraid, the elder said. There he lay, his pale, uncovered face looking upward, his hat a little to the side of him in the snow. And Bambi, who knew nothing about hats, thought that this awful head had been struck into two pieces. The hunter's neck was exposed and showed a wound as if it had been cut through. It lay open like a little red mouth. There was still a gentle flow of blood from it. Blood was in his hair under his nose and had formed a large pool in the snow melting it with its warmth. Here we are, then, the elder quietly began. We are standing right beside him. And where's the danger now? Bambi looked down at him as he lay there, his form, his limbs, his hair, all seemed to Bambi to be something gruesome but puzzling. 
He looked into those broken eyes and stared slightlessly back at him. And he didn't understand. Bambi, the elder continued, do you remember what Gobo said? What the dog said about everyone believed? Do you remember? Bambi was incapable of giving an answer. You can see him there, Bambi, the elder went on. You can see him lying there like any of us. Listen to me, Bambi. He is not almighty like they say he is. He is not the source from which everything comes, everything that grows and lives. He is not our superior. He is beside us. He is like us. And just like us, he knows fear and need and sorrow. He can be overcome just like us. And now he lies helpless on the ground, just like the rest of us, just as you see him now. They remain silent. Do you understand me, Bambi? the elder asked. Bambi answered in a whisper, I think. Tell me what you think, then, the elder ordered him. Bambi blushed and quaked and said, there's someone else who is above all of us, above us and above him. The time has come, then, when I can go, the elder said. He turned round, and the two of them wandered on for a little while. At a tall ash tree, the elder stopped. Don't come with me any more, Bambi, he began in a calm voice. My time is up. Now I need to find a place for the end. Bambi was about to say something. No, the elder stopped him. No. At this time, I'm now approaching each of us is alone. Farewell, my son. I have loved you very much. The summer's day started being hot as soon as the sun had risen. No wind, no chill of twilight. The sun seemed to be in more of a hurry that day. It rose quickly into the sky and broke out its dazzling flames like a dreadful blaze. The dew on the meadow and on the bushes quickly evaporated. The earth became very dry and crumbly. In the woods it became quiet before its usual time. Only the woodpecker could be heard laughing here and there and only the pigeons cooed in tireless, fervent tenderness. And deep in the thicket, there was a little hidden clearing, giving a little free space, and that is where Bambi was standing. Around his head, a swarm of midges danced and sang in the sunshine. From the leaves of the hazel bush beside him came a quiet buzzing. It came closer, and a big cockchuffer flew slowly past him straight through the swarm of midges, higher and higher up to the top of a tree, where he intended to sleep until evening. His elegant wings, covers, struck out from him, and his wings were bursting with power. Did you see him? the midges asked each other. That's the elder, said one of them. And the others sang, All of his relatives are already dead, but he is still alive. A couple of very small midges asked, How long do you think he's going to live? 
and the others sang their answer. We don't know. He's outlived all of his family. He's very old, very old. Bambi walked on. The song of midges, he thought. Song of midges, a tender, anxious call came through to him. The voice of somebody of his own species. Mother? Mother? Before they understood what was happening, Bambi was standing there before them. Speechless, they stared at him. Your mother does not have the time now, Bambi told them sternly. He looked in the little one's eye. Can't you be yourself for a while? The little one and his sister remained silent. Bambi turned away, slipped into the nearest bush, and disappeared. Even before the two of them could understand what had happened, he walked on. I like that lad, he thought. Maybe I'll meet him again when he's a bit bigger. He walked on. And the little lass, he thought, she's nice too. That's what Faline looked like when she was a child. And he walked on and disappeared into the wood. Wow. What a great ending. Full circle. Circle life. That's the story of Bambi, originally written by Felix Sultan. Fantastic. All right, coming up on Saturday, we're going to begin Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. We'll read that uh, in parts all the way up until Christmas Eve, where we will conclude it. And then we will start our next book coming up. Wow. I loved reading Bambi. I'm so glad we picked that book. Fantastic. All right, friends, that's going to do it for us. I'll see you again Saturday night. Be sure you subscribe, like, share, follow, whatever that button is, wherever you're watching. Uh, We really do appreciate it. It's free for you, and it helps us out on the show a lot. We really do appreciate that. Thanks for all your likes and shares. I will see you again Saturday night. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. (laughs) 